everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 122. Your gear is worth it. On this episode, we talk about respect. There's an old saying, do not put off until tomorrow what you can accomplish today. This statement holds value for our most cherished thoughts as backpackers, our gear. Protecting your gear, how to protect your gear, and the consequences of doing it tomorrow versus today. We talk about all that and more uh, on today's podcast. So you can always join in on this discussion after the fact uh, by going to our Facebook group page at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join our podcast family. Come hang with us. Be part of the conversation and come have fun. Absolutely. You know, we actually just got a comment that uh, absolutely was one of our favorite words. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It triggered when you said that. Hmm. I feel violated, but yet. <laughs> but I, we overuse that. Well, it, I'm, I'm sure sorry. that's very true. It, they didn't say that we overused it, but I have a feeling that was the underlining thought process there. Uh, so no more absolutes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to have you back. I know. Um, we are in the midst of, I think it's like um, our 500th day of 90 plus weather in Atlanta. <laughs> it has been sweltering hot and I cannot wait until we are in the upper peninsula of Michigan in less than two and a half weeks. I'm, I am so excited. I watched a video the other day and people were going to the lighthouse, right? And they had jackets on. Oh, so exciting. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? It's going to be a rude awakening for us. Complete was, climate change. I, I was so excited. <laughs> I know. I was so, so super excited that the weather is um, not a, uh, like, I think, you know, when you look at your thermostat now out in the southeast and it just says hell, you know it's hot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is hot. But they had jackets on up in the UP, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, very much looking forward to it. It is right around the corner. Um, but the dreaded task of unpacking our gear after we return is what we're talking about today. Well, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, most people understand that, you know, your the gear is, is obviously the most important part of your backpacking. I mean, because, you know, there's a billion videos on gear, right? Uh, gear this, gear that. This is what you got to do. This how you, but, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that when you come off of a backpacking trip, protecting your gear, showing your gear some love and really doing your due diligence not to wait until tomorrow, because you know what happens when you wait till tomorrow, then it becomes another day and then it becomes another day. And the next thing you know, your gear is still in your backpack and you have forgotten that it's wet or that it's it needs to air out and there's nothing worse than pulling out your gear and smelling mold 
in it. So we're going to talk a lot about protecting your gear, how to protect it, and the consequences of what happens to it. It was like, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of what happened to me in, um, in freshman year of high school. What happened to you? Well, I, you know, my, my mom would, would uh, pack me lunch, and so I would brown bag it, right? Yeah. And so brought the brown bags to lunch all the time. My mom was a great lunch packer. And so what would happen is one time it was pizza day, <laughs> right? And I put the brown bag lunch in my locker. And then I, I spent a few bucks to have pizza because, you know, pizza day. And I forgot the brown bag was in my locker. Ew. And, see where this is going. Oh, it was bad. It was embarrassing. When you walk up to your locker and the custodian <laughs> is unlocking, you know, like he's breaking the lock of your locker because there's some kind of smell <laughs> coming out of your locker. From your locker. Something is not right. <laughs> there's something. I mean, like I was very different back then as it is today. so embarrassed. As you should have been. Oh, I was. And the thing is that we we forget, and it's like we just forget. It's not really a conscious effort. I'm going to stink up the entire school, uh, you know, in 90 days because I don't bring my, my, I don't I don't bring my lunch out of my locker. But with backpacking, and I've done it. Ariane's done it, and that's why we wanted to kind of share with you guys um, what the consequences are when you do forget, uh, because it's brutal. And yeah, it will ruin your gear uh, pretty quick. And there's another thing that ruins your gear that we're going to talk about on this podcast that is kind of like the silent killer. And we do it all the time and it's right above us. So we are going to share with you some basic categories of gear in which you really need to like think about taking care of um, and offering you pro tips in each of those sections. So let's start with tents. Um, we had actually got a question on Facebook uh, in our group about, you know, hey, I was backpacking, it was raining, you know, what do I do with my tent while when it's, you know, really wet? Well, when you're backpacking out in the field and your backpack is, uh, you know, it's raining and your tent's completely soaking wet, it's going to be wet. There's really nothing you can really do about it until you get to the point where you have an opportunity to dry it. The one thing you don't want to do, not if it's in your bag for for you know twelve hours, um, you know while you're backpacking, that's not really that's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt anything. But what you want to do is when you get home, the very first thing you, you want to do is you want to get that tent out. You want to completely sprawl it out. I mean, we've hung our tents in, I mean everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you name it. It's been, I mean, our our apartment, our old apartment one time looked like a gear manufacturing company. We had things hanging all over the place uh, when we went backpacking. It just rained all weekend. So that's just the nature of the beast. Hang it outside. Hang it anywhere that you can. But here's the trick bag, and this is what we really want to kind of talk about. If you forget to unpack your tent and it's in a compression sack, Mold starts very quickly. Mold loves dark and it loves wetness. So, and it loves the materials made 
Yes, uh, it can grow very fast. Uh, and uh, all of all of the sill nylon, it just it 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 loves the material. Yeah, and the thing is, is that a lot of times, you know, you'll dry your tent, but people will forget to dry your guidelines, you know, your your string, your rope. And so mold will grow on that very quickly. So you never want to put anything wet, even moist, damp. You do not want to put that back in your stuff sack. As a matter of fact, while you're airing out your tent, turn your stuff sack inside out and air dry that also. So the one thing about tents is that we want to make clear as far as you know protecting your gear making sure your gear is going to be ready for the next time you go out and this is a huge huge common mistake and this is one of the issues that gear manufacturers had in the beginning not so much now but specifically older models when they put that lining in there that Gore-Tex lining on rainfly um, on rain flies what it does is that people will dry out their tent or they will leave their tent with the rain fly on because they have stuff in their tent, right? If you have a no seam tent and you have your screen all showing and, and you leave your base camp to go on a day hike, they put the rain fly on because they want to hide their stuff, right? You want to hide what's in your tent. Well, here's a problem. If the sun is beating directly on that rain fly, you are destroying your rain fly. So not so much today's stuff so much, but you have to be careful. Make sure you read the manufacturer's guidelines on UV lighting. UV sunlight will kill more sill nylon tents because remember the sill, that's, that's the coating on the nylon. It will destroy more gear more quickly than anything else and it will deteriorate your rain fly and that's when you start getting leaks um, it's not really good for the stitches either um, so watch that UV lighting make sure you read the manufacturer label on what to do with the UV light and I will bet you dollar to donut that most instructions or most um, literature that comes with your tent will have a section on UV rating on your tent will probably say don't leave it out for a long extended period of time so dry out your tent put it in shade air dry it make sure that you know gets really really super dry before you pack it up but also don't leave it out in the sun for you know an extended amount of of time uh without pulling that that tent back in for some shade it will eat away your tent eventually I think uh, one really important notation to think about is also storage. Um, in each of these sections, we kind of highlight some of the storage aspects of uh, your gear. Let's face it, this gear, it's important. It's costly. Um, it's, it's difficult to replace uh, financially. Uh, and you, you really become... You really become in tune with your gear, and so you want it to last the duration of, of the time that it could last. Um, so when you're thinking about uh, packing up your dry, your now aired out and dry tent, 
Uh, a loose fold is always better than a crinkled up fold, um, protecting all the seams because that's where you're going to get um, the wear and tear quick more quickly. Um, so a pro tip uh, that I would like to remind everybody, when you get home, that is the time to repair the holes, the punctures, the leaking points on your tent. So if you find that you do have them, you're probably going to identify them when you're outdoors in the field, out backpacking, it's pouring rain on you. Yeah. Now's the time to do it because I assure you, you will forget or you'll be rushed headed out the door for your next, next adventure and you will forget and then you will be reminded very abruptly about it when you're back out there. Yeah, I totally agree. And when you buy your tent, by the way, make sure you understand, is it a seam seal or is it a non-seam seal uh, tent you're buying? So um, I know when we talked to Lightheart Gear, you know, she said, yeah, if people want to seam seal it, we will seam seal it at the manufacturer right there as we're making the tent. Otherwise, you're doing it yourself. A lot of people forget to seam seal. Now, tents come tents have come a long way. So some of them are seam sealed. But check. Make sure. Because if your tent's not seam sealed, it will leak at the stitch eventually. Because what are you doing with your tent, right? You're stretching it. You know, you're pulling it. And eventually that stitching will leak. So just always check with the manufacturer. Manufacturers will tell you if it's UV protected, if it's not UV protected, or if you need to seam seal it, or usually it says recommend seam seal after uh, you you purchase the tent. So, you know, that's all about, you know, making sure your gear is ready for your next trip. There's nothing more annoying than getting your gear out and getting out in the field and going, oh, crap. <laughs> that that's terrible what's that smell you know it's terrible and i've been there this is not the fresh great outdoors i've been there you know cleaning your steaks you know like the simple uh routine of just cleaning the mud cleaning the dirt off of your tent steaks that's all going to preserve your gear so much much better get the knots out you know pack your tent where when you unpack it it's going to be right there and it's not going to be in a, your guidelines aren't going to be a knotted, not from hell that there's nothing worse than sitting there. Yeah. I'm going to pitch my tent in a minute. Let me spend an hour on knotting all these guidelines. I'll be right with you. You know, and I, I, I mean, we've been there, you know, we have been there with our tarp. So uh, that's just something that benefits you for your, for your next trip. So so sleeping bags. Uh, very important. Uh, probably the next survival item on the list in terms of gear. Uh, sleeping bags and your mattress pads. Yeah. So sleeping bags. Uh, one of the big no-nos that I see a lot is that when you come home from a backpacking trip, people leave their down sleeping bags compressed. That's a big no-no. So what you want to do is the whole technology behind down is the fluff it's the loft that's how that sleeping bag works if it's compressed and you're constantly compressing the feathers the down feathers or the duck down feathers depending on what kind of sleeping bag you have and you're compressing 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 then 
you're going to have a tougher time lofting that bag. So when you come home from your backpacking trip, we turn ours inside out. Amazing when you turn your sleeping bag inside out too, what you find. <laughs> it's usually socks, like a dryer. It's like, you know, you pull out your... You find oh, all the missing There it things. is. Yeah, there's that cigarette lighter. There are my car um, keys. There's my car keys. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for those. Um, so turn your bag inside out and then put it on a coat hanger. Yeah, it's going to take up some space, folks. I mean, that's that's the gig. Or fold it nicely and stick it up high on a shelf or wh whatever you do, but keep that loft. Keep it lofted. Um, I've seen it hung from the bottom of the bag. Sometimes all the feathers will kind of like sink down, um, but you can loft it. It's very easy to re-loft a bag once it's already lofted, right? Makes sense. So when you compress your sleeping bag on a backpacking trip, it's compressed for a few hours, six hours at the most. And then, you know, before you go to bed, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, before you get in your tent, you want to let that thing loft for about 30 minutes before you get in there. You want a really good loft on your bag. The synthetic bags don't have to loft, but the care in the synthetic bags are just as, is just as important to make sure that you're letting that synthetic loft loft appropriately and and take care of those sleeping bags those are your uh that i mean they're pretty damn important out there <laughs> yeah i would uh rate them pretty close to a survival importance uh but yeah uh so a lot a lot of people have hesitancy about washing their sleeping bag. It is not necessary to wash your sleeping bag after each trip, after many trips. Um, unless you're literally camping into a mud pit, it's probably not necessary unless you're doing an enormous amount within a season or maybe it's once or twice a year, depending on how frequently you are going out. Um, it's not like clothes. No, it's not like clothes, but when I did the AT, I washed my down bag twice. It's and that and that was it because it stunk. It, I mean the, the, the rank factor. Oh, there was a high rank factor. Any any backpacker will realize after a lot of use. Um, I think it's about time we we take a look at washing ours. Uh, but after a lot of use and after you know, your, your body and your oils are snuggled up like tight, tight as in there. It, it, there's some serious rank factor. Well, the smell gets in the synthetic. Yeah. Just like it does clothes. Clothes are made out of polyester, you know, um, the wicking material. And so sleeping bags are no different. So, you know, they're, they're going to stink after a while. And, you know, we both can tell you after a really long distance hike. I mean, I got in my sleeping bag on the AT and I was like, oh, dear God, I've got to wash this thing. It's keeping me up at night. So, the the you know, your sleeping bag is, it, it's a very tender, loving care that you got to take care of these bags. Because if you have a really good goose down sleeping bag, 850 fill goose down bag, 0, 10 degree, 15 degree bag. Those things will last 20 years, folks. There's no reason to buy a sleeping bag, you know, every five years or, you know, every seven years or whatever. Don't get don't get lulled into that BS. If you have a really good goose down bag, it'll last you 20 years with those goose down feathers in there. 
So all you have to do, you know, wash it. You can get down soap. You can get down fabric cleaner specifically for down bags. Put them in a commercial washing machine, not a regular washing machine. You have to go to a bigger one. Commercial bag or commercial washing machine and then put in a commercial dryer. Throw some tennis balls in there. Throw You throw the tennis balls in there because you want it to loft. You don't want all the feathers to clunk at one end of your bag. And the tennis balls, they, they keep the feathers kind of moving around in your bag. And that's the... That's the um, optimum way to wash and dry your down bag. If, if you do that, if you go backpacking a lot, then I'd probably wash it once a year just to get the rank out. But if, you know, it's not, it's not going to hurt anything. Just keep it lofted. If you hang it in your closet or you fold it nicely up high on a shelf, um, you're going to be fine. It, it's lofted. It, it's that's exactly what it wants. You know, when you buy a sleeping bag at REI, um, normally it's in a very loose fitting bag. Not one time have I ever bought a sleeping bag which has been in a, in a compression sack. Most of the time, they are hung from a hanger, and whenever you, whenever I've gone into an Outfitters anyway, they're in the hanger on a hanger. So you can feel the loft. You're like, oh my God, this is so nice. I love this sleeping bag. Yes, because you're feeling the loft. <laughs> That's why you like it. And so then you buy it and it's in a very loose bag. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to put that in a compression sack for a year. No, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> so you just want to always keep it lofted. You know, um, they're very easy to wash. Don't be afraid to wash a down bag as long as you follow the instructions and you have the, the proper... Uh, cleaning material to to wash that bag and then again a lot of videos out there on how to you know dry a down bag um, but what we want to tell you is that it's important to care for it and uh, turn it inside out um, it'll help the rank for sure <laughs> without doubt it will uh, so a pro tip is to consider for particularly some of those you know, cold, uh, cold sleepers, uh, you might want to consider using a liner at certain times. It's going to extend, um, I would say, the smell life, the life of your sleeping bag, but particularly uh, help protect some of the smell that's being transmitted directly into the fibers. Um, so that is always a concept that also helps a little bit in winter uh, to keep you a little warmer. Of course, that might be a slight penalty uh, with weight, but honestly, I think sometimes it's worth it to do so. Well, it definitely saves you money. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it absolutely saves you money. I, I said absolutely I again. did too. Now, I know. And now I'm conscious of it. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get over it. <laughs> so water filtration uh, and cleaning of your hydration bladders. This, this one gets missed more than any other... Uh, gear that you might actually have in your bag. I don't know why. It's like, because water went into it, I'm going to wash it out with water. So it gets overlooked so frequently. Yet this is probably the most viable piece of gear that you need to maintain cleanliness in. Yeah, so cross-contamination, your water platy. Um, I've seen some water platies that literally should be thrown away. <laughs> um 
you know, the hose is filled with gunk, um, the mouthpiece is dirty. So here's the thing. That's your lifeblood without, I mean, if you don't want to get Giardia or you don't want to get sick, you want to keep your water filtration clean. I mean, that's, that's the lifeblood out there, right? So there's two things. First, your water filtration system, no matter what you have, I don't care if it's Katahdin, um, you know, the Sawyer, doesn't make any difference. Uh, water filtration that goes through a filter. The one thing that you want to do is when you get home, if it's the Sawyer, you have to back flush that thing right away. Again, this is the whole, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, you know what? When you wait to tomorrow, if you if your Sawyer water filter is wet and it's in a dark place and it's in your backpack, it's already starting to get mold. Already. So when you get home, back flush that thing. You want to, after you back flush the Sawyer or you put some uh, rinse with regular tap water through your Katahdin, you want to just let it air dry. Take that filter out. If it's a Katahdin, if it's the Sawyer, you back flush it, turn it vertical and let that water drip out. And I know it's kind of a balancing act. Usually I like to put two things on the side of it to keep, you know, to keep it vertical. But let that thing air dry. Let it air dry for a couple days because you're going to ensure that no bacteria, no mold is in that water filtration system. What happens is that you get home, you forget about it, especially the Katahdin because it's in the it's in the pump. It, that's a huge one to forget or the Sawyer, and you have it in your Ziploc baggie or whatever you're having, and it'll, it will get mold. I mean, we, I forgot, um, this is a true story. I had an old MicroPure, uh, which is the same as Katata now, and I came back from a backpacking trip, and I left it in there. I forgot, and I took that thing out about, I don't know, a few weeks later, and it was black, it was moldy, and it smelled, and I had to throw the filter away. Now, keep in mind, those filters for the Katahdin are 50 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, they're a good carbon filter for sure, but those filters at REI will be 50 bucks or 45, 50 bucks to replace. You might as well just buy a new one. I mean, it's, it's ridiculously expensive to replace a carbon filter for the Katahdin. So having said that, the Sawyer, it's kind of the same thing. Back flush it, make sure that thing is clean. You can't let those things freeze. You can't let any water filtration ever freeze um, because after it freezes, it's, it's no good, it's bad. So that's one of the things you're gonna sleep with in your tent, in your sleeping bag. Uh, at night, if it gets below you know, freezing, that's just the name of the game. That's just the, the way it is. Um, you can't let those freeze. And for the love of everything backpacking, <laughs> clean those things out when you get home. And pro tip number three for your listening pleasure is... Dun, 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 dun. Uh, clean, uh, once you've cleaned out your bladder and once you've cleaned out your filter, your hoses, uh, all of that, uh, you're going to want to take your, your bladder... Uh, and the hose and put that into your freezer if you have 
that to do. You're going to keep it in there. It's going to uh, prevent any further bacteria growth from happening. Not not your filter, but your bladder. It's 100% guarantee to stop any kind of bacteria from growing anywhere near your platy or your camelback. Put it in the freezer. It's a great way to put your mouthpiece in the freezer. Uh, we put... we. We have like this routine when we come home from backpacking. We, I take my, uh, I take both my, uh, I use a gravity system. So I have my dirty bag, my clean bag, I have a camelback for my dirty, my uh, regular platy for my drinking water, and I bleach them both. I take one cap of bleach and I make sure that bleach goes through the hose. If you hang your platy up high in your shower and you let that gravity, you can pinch your mouthpiece and let that bleach flow. And that ensures you're getting rid of all 100% of any kind of virus, bacteria. And then after I clean that out, then we stick them in the freezer. That's like a double whammy. Like bacteria is like, no, no. <laughs> and so it's like a double make double whammy sure that again it's all about you know these tips that we're giving you it's really not about you know you know when you're out there it really is for your next trip um, because I can guarantee you there's really nothing more aggravating than your gear is not clean or your gear smells or there's a rank in your sleeping bag when you go on your next backpacking trip. And then you're like, oh, damn it. And that goes with your ground cloth. That goes with your tent. Anything you want to make sure that is bone stinking dry when you put it away in your, uh, or, you know, for us, we used to have a, like a, almost like a room for a gear closet, <laughs> like a dedicated room for it. But um, now it just kind of goes in our storage bins. Um, but I can guarantee you it is bone dry when we put that in there. It took a lot of trial and error. Uh, I should say more error than trial uh, to r really learn the concept of do it, do it immediately when you get home. Time and time and time and time again, you get so tired and, and so lazy and just want to kick back because you've just accomplished something huge. Uh, but why wait? for tomorrow when you can do it tonight. Yeah, and one of the huge lessons that we learned um, was that, you know, we're, we're so good at cleaning our gear, right? We're so good at it. I'm really particular at it. Um, but one of the things that we learned was that when we are doing river crossings and we're in creeks, our dogs have dog backpacks on, right? So our dogs carry their food and they have their little dog backpacks on and you know, cuter than how seeing your dog with a backpack <laughs> on hiking down the trail, right? Well, you know, when they cross a river or they cross a creek or it rains, their backpack is soaking wet. Well, you would think that we'd be like, oh, yeah, we got to we got to dry out that backpack. The, the one thing that we have forgotten the most is drying our dog's backpacks and then getting around and going, oh, dear God. <laughs> So that combined with dog hair, it's not, it's yeah. not a pleasant smell so, at all. So now we have to remind ourselves that, you know, our dogs are backpacking too and their gear at, is just as important as our gear 
because no wonder Caledonia doesn't want to put her backpack on. <laughs> She's, She's like, like smelled dude, this, this is like black <laughs> mold on my backpack. You You're do know that me. I have a higher sense of smell yeah. than you right, people. Right, 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 <laughs> right. And that's Right. So my rank high, my rank rating is so much higher than yours. So <laughs> I think maybe we did kind of. I would say that maybe we like didn't oh, give her a fair I had chance throw, at backpacking in the beginning. I, well, I had, I had to throw away Dino's old pack. I know. Because it was so bad. Like I said, more errors than not. Uh, so we are trying to pass along some wisdom to you. Uh, well, it's so an easy not, piece of forgotten gear. Like, absolutely. oh, it's your dog's backpack. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, they're troopers. But, uh, yeah, no. So we turn everything inside out, um, you know, including... You know, if it's rained or if it's really humid, you know, um, Ziploc baggies, everything. And I mean, everything gets aired out. We recycle our Ziploc baggies. We don't leave anything in a Ziploc bag. I can tell you from from years of experience that when I take my bear rope and it's rained and I wind it up in the morning and I stick it back in my Ziploc baggie, yes, that will mold. Okay. Your string, rope, any the little things will get mold if you leave it damp in your backpack. So clean out everything. I mean, there there's been times in my driveway people are thinking, "Am I having a garage sale?" <laughs> I have that so much gear I'll over take my that car. And that and yeah. that and that. It's draped over the car. <laughs> it's like it's like what what is where what is he doing? So, but that's it. You've got to lay everything out, let that dry, and um, read. The manufacturer's warning about UV light. That's uh, that's a huge, huge issue. So speaking of a forgotten piece of gear, uh, shoe care. Insanely important. I cannot reiterate enough how easy it is to to forget your to forget your boots, your shoes. Um, Scott has been subjective he's you know he's been forced to smell my feet it's not pretty <laughs> that's an understatement uh i forgot we were doing some river crossings and my boots got very wet on a trip because we'll say i slid in uh so when i got home i forgot to to dry them out uh i didn't take the soles out of them uh like the insoles and uh, they formed their their own unique smell, and uh, by the time I pulled them back out of the closet, <laughs> I didn't even want to go backpacking with myself. That's how bad they smelled. Uh, I learned a very very useful, very useful tip then and there um, to really air them out. I put them in the sun now. I take the insoles out, and I and I really give them a very good air drying. Uh, not only from a smell perspective, from any of moisture buildup in there. Yeah, because waterproof boots don't air out. So waterproof boots are exactly what they say they are. They are waterproof, right? So water can't come in, but water can't go out. So once your boots get wet, and we're about to do 42 river crossings in the Cajadas um, in the end of October. So you're going to get wet. I mean, there's no rock hopping at 42 river crossings there's no negotiating that so you either have water shoes you have sandals or you're 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 you, you know whatever shoes you have on they're gonna get wet if they're waterproof 
take the souls out because what happens is that you know you 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 try to air those air dry those things but the bottom of those soles in your shoe that's where your mold is going to come in and then you're going to have a very high rank rating <laughs> we should have named this podcast like rank, rank rating it should be rank we had to we had to take your souls and put them outside and they, they sat never and recovered. they never recovered. That's how bad they were. And so, you know, these these are all little things to think about with your gear when, you know, you come back from your trip. So, um, yeah, waterproof boots, <laughs> man, they're the worst. So make sure that um, make sure that those things are dry before you go on your next trip and make sure you take the soles out or at least uh, make sure the soles are dry before you put them in a, in a dark place. <laughs> Lessons learned. Um, that also goes for clothing. Uh, never assume a piece of clothing is, uh, is, is dry. Uh, you sweat a lot. You perspire as you're backpacking. And so treating all of your clothing is really going to extend the life um, of your favorite backpacking shirt. Uh, this goes for rain gear as well. Rain gear is a forgotten aspect of gear care. It's very easily overlooked because it's exposed to almost everything. It is important to wash it from time to time, uh, but you need to use soap specifically for waterproofing materials. There's very, very important care that goes into it. Over time, you'll probably see that your rain jackets start to look like it's absorbing some of the rain um, and it's starting to kind of discolor when it rains on you. Uh, that just, it's normal wear and tear. I wouldn't worry too much about it, but you do need to re-waterproof it with an appropriate spray. So keep that in mind. Just because you bought it, it's not going to maintain its life's value unless you care for it. And this is what we're talking about in this podcast, is you have to put in the work um, and respect your gear to get essentially what you've paid for it back out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the big thing. It's like you put a lot of money into your gear. You got to take care of your gear. That's how it's, it, that, that's it's going to last. We have gear that is... Oh, well over 10 years old and it is, I mean, it is still kicking. Oh, it's still kicking and it's quality gear. It's quality gear because you, you take care of it. You know, you just, you take the time to make sure that your gear is clean, um, put away properly and it's, and it's dry. So, so one last pro tip to leave you with this thought, uh, every time you unpack and you clean all of your gear, don't forget to replenish what you've used. Uh, that is often an oversight and it's very easy in a rush to pack up to forget about it, particularly in your first aid. Uh, so always remember to replenish what you've used from your first aid, whether you've lost a tent stake, uh, remember repair your gear, all of these things um, are gonna prepare you better for your next trip. Yeah, use a Band-Aid, replace a Band-Aid. That's pretty much the rule that we do all the time. So, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, give it a comment on iTunes or any of the other podcatchers. It really helps spread the word for our podcast. And we really appreciate you guys 
listening for sure. Shout outs to our Facebook members and especially our patrons, Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Chuck, John, Phillips, Jerry, Suzanne, Brad, Bill, Nick, Helene, Mike, and Jacqueline. You guys, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We really, we really appreciate it. Our podcasts are always available on, on Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Radio Public. And if we're not on your favorite podcatcher, let us know and we'll get it on there. We really, really super appreciate all the emails that we get. We appreciate all of your support that you give us on our Facebook group page. It is just, I can't even tell you how sometimes that photograph or you being out there makes our day. It, it really does. It, it, it is so cool that you guys do that. So just a huge thank you to everybody who listens. Um, you know, the trail is much like life, man. You know, you hike it, you do your best. There's a lot of uphills, there's a lot of downhills, there's a lot of beauty, and sometimes you embrace the suck, right? But inevitably, the trail gives you everything you need. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye.